This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart, we got the tennis balls for the wrong sport If you know, you know If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward If you know, you know That's the reason we ball for Circle round twice for the encore If you know, you know What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast I'm your host, Amal Hawkins, I appreciate you rocking with me On this new episode of the Ball Hawk Show. Uh, make sure you subscribe on any platform that you're listening to the show on. That could be Anchor, that could be Podbean, that could be iTunes, Spotify, Podcorn, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, um, you know, YouTube. Any place you listen to the Ball Hawk Show podcast, make sure you subscribe. Go to milehawkins.com. If you miss any of my content from over the year, from the walkthrough to my work on CBS 19 with Damon Dillon and also any of my podcasts, all of them are sent to that site as well, courtesy of Podbean. And if you want to donate to the Ballhawk Show podcast, just go to anchor.fm, search the Ballhawk Show podcast, and there is a button that allows you to support um, my podcast. So definitely appreciate you. Shout out to my sponsor, Abra Insurance, Abra Insurance Service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Holler at the good people at Abra Insurance, Billy and Charlene White. That's home, business, auto, life insurance, anything you need insurance related. Holler at the great people at Able Insurance at abrainsurance.net. So yeah, it's January and I'm back with another football episode discussing the Virginia Wahoos and their 2020 football schedule was released today. And also, we got to talk about Coach and I as he will be returning to UVA. Didn't um, keep his name in the hat for the head coaching job um, in, for Hawaii. So he's coming back as the offensive coordinator, and I think that's a great look for Brendan Armstrong. And, and look, while we're talking about it, let's go ahead and make Coach and I the first subject. You get a two-for-one today. Um, if you guys follow my podcast, you know, religiously, you you see that I've been doing more live shows, more featuring my live shows. I haven't done a lot of UVA basketball recaps, and it's because I haven't had a chance to really view the games like I want to. Um, my son plays basketball. I'm doing a live show, so I don't want to just give you a recap off of just stats and highlights. So that's why you haven't seen a lot of uh, UVA basketball recast because I haven't had a chance to truly sit down and view a game and give you true analysis. Don't want to give you that fake food of just looking at stats and trying to just write something up and talk about it. So that's why, you know, your your your, your uh, podcast provider 
it's not broken. I just haven't been doing them a lot. I think the last one I did was maybe Boston College. Um, so let me get back on that. You can hold me to that. So let's go ahead and talk about coaching. I don't want to make this a long podcast. And every time I say that, it ends up turning to a long podcast. So coaching now will be returning to UVA. So it's 50-50 between the fan base. You know, you got some fans who appreciate the adjustments that he made late in the year. And they're seeing what he could do with Brendan Nelson. Then you have the folks on the other hand that feel like it's because Bryce Perkins was superhuman. And Coach 2J got the line right. And it really what really wasn't coaching on his play calling. And a lot of folks don't forgive him. Uh, for the first year, we went down to uh, Blacksburg and he kind of threw all the players under the bus. And then two years later, um, in 2018, when we played them in Blacksburg, uh, fans don't forgive him for his inept, as they say, you know, play calling. They felt like we lost the game because of him um, that year. So. A lot of fans wanted to see him lead. They wanted to see if Coach Beck would get elevated or Coach Coach Hagens would get elevated. At the end of the day, that fan base wasn't mad to see him go, sad to see him go. And him returning doesn't really do anything for them. You know, they, they're a little disappointed because a lot of folks want to see what Coach Beck can do as an offensive coordinator. And... Um, you know, I, I think he's definitely fully capable. Um, he, he's done great jobs with our quarterback. So a lot of folks, you know, will start discussing, like, if Coach and I left, you know, what would that leave Coach back? And then since Coach and I coaches the inside receivers, you know, who would coach that? And I felt like, you know, in that scenario, that Coach back would probably be the next choice since he already works with the quarterbacks. And then you got Coach Hagens who had just absorbed the inside receivers because he already worked with the outside receivers. And that's how I felt that was going. Now, from an uh, administrative standpoint and looking at it as an overview, one of the positives of, of Coach and not if he would have took the whole Hawaii job, is that some of the graduate assistants that fulfill their obligations, they probably could have been signed on as full-time staff members for him. So you got... Uh, Jackson Mattel, you got um, Kurt, and God dog it, I'm, I'm forgetting. I, I can see his face, but 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 my, but my homie who uh, was upon at Wisconsin, you know, all all three of those guys, you know, most likely would have been on his staff, and um, that was to me, I was excited to see if he would have gotten a job if those three gentlemen would have had jobs just like that. You know, as full-time coaches, because their their time as a graduate assistant is up. They fulfill their obligations, so now you know they gotta catch on. And it's a tough it's a tough business, man, to be a coach, man. So a lot of folks always ask me why I don't get into coaching. I just don't want this lifestyle. I mean, I live the lifestyle of being a professional athlete, not knowing um, if I was going to be in the same city two years in a row. And when I had to pack my bags up and go to a different team and my wife just didn't want to inherit that type of lifestyle if I didn't have to. So for all the folks who always ask why I don't coach, that's why. Because of the uncertainty. No matter if you sign a three-year deal, yes, you may still get your money, but it's a certain connection you, you, you build with the city that you're in, the fan base, the administrators in the building, and not to mention the players. So I didn't want to set myself up for that. You know, I knew how I felt to not only get cut, but to get traded or to sign with a different team as a free agent and uproot your family. So for all the folks who after they listen to my podcast, and even my agent, 
who we always have talks like, I just can't get into that lifestyle. I'm 41 years old right now. There's, I, I love the fact that I could, you know, pack my kids lunch, watch them get on the bus, then come get them off the bus, go to all their soccer events and, and basketball and flag football. I wouldn't be able to do that if I am a college coach and, you know, my head coach is fired and now we're scrambling trying to figure out where we're going to be in the next city. So I salute every coach that's going through this. Definitely salute Biscuit because Biscuit was not, he's not only a coach now, but he was a professional and, you know, that's my guy. So salute the coach and now, man, what you've done here in the past four years. I mean, you rewrote majority of the total offense, the scoring and the passing offense. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the game has evolved. Um, UVA is throwing the football more than it ever has in the past. So when you look at a Kurt Benkert and a Bryce Perkins, you understand that when it comes to total offense, passing yards, passing touchdowns, they're one and two. They're up there. Um, and it should. And those guys were phenomenal transfers as well. So there's no knock. Like there, like you can, you can, if you're an old school head person, like an old school person, you can, you have a leg, a leg to stand on. If you say, well, these numbers and these school records are here because of Coach Wells was a pro style. We didn't throw that much, and then you ran option with Sean Moore and things like that. But then keeping up with the Joneses, often still just put up points. They do. They compete. Because when we needed them this year, when it was looking like trash can juice coming out of the Miami game, and then uh, we go to Louisville and we lay an egg, we regroup, we understood that our defense was banged up, we lost Bryce Hall, and then a couple games later we, we lost Brandon Nelson, and little Tebow, I don't want to call him Tim, Tim Tebow, God dog, can, fans, can we not call Brandon Armstrong like, can we not reference him to Tim Tebow? Let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's setting him up for failure because nobody's going to live up to probably the best college quarterback everybody's ever seen or one of the top three leaders and quarterbacks ever. So can we not call Brendan Armstrong no Tebow nothing? I don't want baby T.O. Call him Red Rocket. Call him Rocket Sockham. Call him Lucky Lefty. Call him the missile with the left whistle. Because this Let's not call him anything Tebow Okay can we not do that can we stop I don't want to do that Just just like they call the boy Joe Burrow The next Tom Brady he ain't gonna never live up to that Sorry and if he do He's super phenomenal but We're not gonna do that but Not to get sidetracked I think Coach Coach Not demonstrated that um, He's not Very prideful He's not pig headed I think he started Collecting data and feedback and started really reevaluating what we can do offensively. Um, I think the guys up front took the, took the challenge. Coach Two J really broke those guys down and, and made them focus on their fundamentals. And they kept Bryce clean. And then Bryce made some great Houdini type of um, scrambles from the pocket. Some great throws. Our receivers did a phenomenal job of catching the football. So everything hit on all cylinders. Which in offense that has to happen. No matter how great you think somebody is as far as a quarterback, no matter no matter how great you think somebody is as an OC, you got to execute and finish. For anybody to get praise, everybody has to execute their responsibilities and you have to finish at a high level. And I think we did that because if the offense didn't perform at a high level late in the year, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been Coastal Champions. When you look at the North Carolina game, the offense had to damn near be perfect all game long. They won a shootout. 
versus the North Carolina team that was striking up the band within two and three plays with the big plays they generated, and then we came right back and did the same thing. Granted, we didn't have the running game that they had, but and that's another thing. We didn't we didn't have a dominant running game with our running backs. Bryce was that 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 leading rusher. You know, the guy that could get you over 700 yards rushing and over 3,000 yards passing. One of the few quarterbacks in the country that could do that. But that's the mindset of Virginia sports, Virginia football, the culture, the legacy. We want to see that that smash mouth type of football, that physical style of running. And Coach and I, he doesn't, that's not him. Even with Jordan Ellis, it was like we had to have a lead or Jordan would make something out of nothing. He was just that strong. That's how I always tell folks. Jordan Ellis was more special than what people thought when it came to running the football in this offense because he didn't have a lot of creases. And that wasn't a knock on the offensive linemen and saying they were weak. It was just schematically, defenses knew how to stop our running plays. Schematically, they just knew how to gain an advantage. And Jordan would just do what he do and bowling ball and run through people. Even Wayne Tyler Papa had runs this year to where he got hit in the backfield and break loose and get you two and three yards. But it's like Coach Anai started using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. So, you know, a lot of folks see that we have backs back there that can get the job done. And hopefully for, with Armstrong back there, we can scheme up some runs, whether it's some, some stretch zones, whether it's some, some counters, some bellies, some traps. Versus just a quick A-gap dive or just a quick trap. Some type of movement to where we can allow our offensive line to really get down the line of scrimmage and allow our backs to use their visions and have some type of cutback. So that's going to have me in the offseason really going back when Coach and I was at Texas Tech and just paying attention how they ran the ball. I remember Texas Tech used to have those big splits, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, maybe he could throw some wrinkles in there this year because he's demonstrated he can evolve each year so shout out to coach and I for returning man um Dr. Bob is my guy we we always have fun conversations um here's a guy that you can criticize and he won't give you the cold shoulder I mean you guys heard I had Kurt Benkert on my podcast after North Carolina uh Notre Dame game and Kurt was getting busy you know people thought he was disrespecting or not but he was challenging the not in just his play calling um you know, the the max pro versus four wise and having a tight end available and what that does to a defense. And he wasn't mad about that. If he was, he didn't let he didn't show it to me or he didn't give me a cold shoulder. And that's why I respect I respect our coaches. Because, you know, one of the most uncomfortable things is to have to really hold a coach accountable because I'm not a damn coach. You know, usually the people that criticize you aren't the people that's above you. It's usually the people that's under you. So I'm, in a sense, I'm under them and I'm criticizing them. You feel me? Like, think about that. Majority of the folks who are behind the microphone, whether it's on TV, radio, on a podcast, majority of the folks who criticize an individual, they're usually under them. Meaning they're not on their level Like I'm not on a coach's level No matter how much people think I know about football I'm still not a coach I'm not doing it So I really love that quote Like if you pay attention to the folks who criticize you They're not above you And more successful They're usually under you And less successful in that field Not in life (laughs) I don't want people saying Well damn it I'm a millionaire And I'm criticizing the coach No I'm talking about in that field they're below you so 
that's why I kind of tread lightly with my constructive criticism. I just don't like that. I like I know it all. I'll ask a question and kind of talk it through. That's the great thing about having my podcast. I can ask a question to, you know, Petty Hawk, I ask Ball Hawk a question, then Ball Hawk, I answer with some logic because Petty Hawk don't care about logic. Petty Hawk is petty, but that's why Ball Hawk takes over a lot of the time. So welcome back, Coach and I. Let's transition to the 2020 football schedule. The Atlantic Coast Conference released the 2020 football schedules for its member institutes today, January 22nd. Virginia Slate features 12 regular season games, including six home games, the season opener against Georgia, and the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Monday, September 7th. Starting times for all contests and the home games designated for homecomings and Family Weekend will be announced at a later date. So for all the folks who are wondering when the homecoming game is and Family Weekend, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure the homecoming will probably be, if I had to guess, either North Carolina. Oh, no, 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 North Carolina. Either Miami or Louisville. Those are back-to-back home games, October 31st and November 7th. So maybe, you know, the family days may be both of those or you had a family day on, like, North Carolina. I could see them. I could see them. Scheduling North Carolina as the homecoming because of the oldest rivalry in the South. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I don't know if they'll do homecoming like early in the year. You got VMI, UConn, September 12th and 19th. You know, preferably you like to schedule your homecoming as like a, a win. Like you look at the schedule, like, okay, we're going to beat them. Nobody likes to lose their homecoming. Nobody, buddy. But um, season tickets for Virginia home games will go on sale January 29th. Virginia will host VMI on September 12th, UConn on September 19th, North Carolina October 3rd, Miami October 31st, Louisville November 7th, and Pitt on November 21st. So those are the six home games. Again, VMI September 12th, UConn the 19th of September. Then you got UNC on October 3rd, Miami on October 31st. So you see that big gap. That means we're going to be on the road a lot in October. Then November 7th and November 21st, Louisville and Pitt are the last two home games. Um, Yeah, man. So what do y'all think about the schedule? So looking at the schedule, UVA will face seven teams that appeared in bowl games last season. Georgia was in the All-State. Sugar Bowl. Clemson was in the National Championship last year. Uh, North Carolina was in the Military Bowl. They won. Miami was on the walk-ons. Independence, they got shut out. Louisville was in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City. Did they win? I think Louisville win. I don't know if it's, I don't know. Pitt was in the Quick Lane and Virginia Tech was in the belt. I know Virginia Tech lost. I think Pitt might have won. Miami got shut out. Damn, did Louisville win? I, I done got stumped, but I know UNC won. Clemson won and then lost. And uh, I don't know if Georgia won or not. Um, so yeah, man, the schedule looks like a schedule that should take place for a team that won the Coastal last year. You know, it's just like the NFL. You win your division, you make it to the playoffs, you get a stiffer schedule the next year. So it's going to be interesting to see that Georgia game. They they got the quarterback from Wake Forest that transferred there. They did lose their best running back. He entered the draft, but that's going to be a fun game. That's definitely going to be a fun game. Both teams will have new quarterbacks. So, you know, with that being said, 
that's a toss-up game when it when it comes to me analyzing future games before we even see what's happening in camp but just going off our depth chart going off what they have available i know the guy from wake forest is, is a good quarterback but he's in a new system armstrong doesn't have to learn anything he just has to review and inherit the expert added expectations of being a starter i feel like the georgia game can be a toss-up game i do anytime somebody has a new quarterback especially a new quarterback that hasn't been in that system and has to learn and it's the first game of the season i like our chances i like what we have on defense a shout out to chris moore he is transferring salute to you bro if you ever needed a thing you got my number um we're loaded in the defensive secondary. Uh, we got to replace Jordan Mack. We got to replace the Booker Eli on the defensive line. Got to replace uh, Hall, Bryce Hall. Uh, but we, we we got pieces to be vulnerable on defense. And um, I definitely like our chances versus Georgia. Definitely do. Then we got VMI at home. You can't get, you know, you, you can't relax. First home game, VMI is going to come here. They're going to try to get this, get that win. Then you got UConn following that. So that that's that's going to be, you know, that's a nice, good two back-to-back games after that Georgia game on a Monday night. And, and it's going to be sh- on short notice, too. Oh, eight, nine, ten, eleven. oh, yeah, so you played Monday night. You had to turn right back around and play Saturday versus VMI. So, in the trap oh man so that can be a tra- early trap game you play september 7th and you got to turn right back around and play september 12th lord lord d mm, that's tough but yeah looking through the schedule play miami miami got the uh quarterback from houston that red shirted the little short guy king he could be good in that in that offense north carolina's gonna be a beast Let's just keep it a stack. They're going to be a beast. Boy, because Howell is special. He's going to probably go down as the best quarterback to ever play in North Carolina. He might be the best ever. Well, you know, my man Ronald Curry, as you guys like to call him, Benedict Curry. But Ron Curry did play there, so I ain't going to say he's better than Ron C just yet. Yeah, I'm giving some home cooking. We go to ODU. I think that's a good look to go down there to the 757 and play ODU at their stadium. I really like that. So, um, hopefully we get a lot, a lot of Wahoos that's already down there in the Tidewater area to show up for that game. Um, we played Clemson this year early, so maybe we could catch them. You know, we saw they struggle with North Carolina on the road, but it's hard winning that, you know, in Death Valley. And then Travis Etienne want to come back like a damn dummy and make it hard for us. He should have left. God dang it. That's a different breed of running back right there, boy. Good Lord. And Sunshine is Sunshine. Sunshine, nice. Um, go to Duke this year. Go to Georgia Tech. I hate going to Georgia. I really dislike going to Georgia Tech. I don't remember. I don't remember the last time we won at Georgia Tech. When is the last time the Cavaliers had not won at Georgia Tech since the 2000? God damn, we need to break that streak now. Good lord, we ain't won at Georgia Tech since 2008. Sheesh. I'm mad about that. We got to go to Lane Stadium again, Bleaksburg. Um, but yeah, man, the schedule's gonna be tough. Louisville's definitely gonna be tough too. You know, Hawkins is a hell of a running back. So we got a tough schedule, man. Let me know in the comment section, um, on the message boards on the saber.com on Twitter, what you think. Just on for or first glance, what do you think our record can be? 
You know Georgia 50-50 VMI We should win UConn We should win Clemson It's tough North Carolina That's gonna be 50-50 Georgia Tech That's gonna be tough Cause we play at Tech ODU That should be a win Miami We lost to them Up there But they coming here And we usually beat them When we here So that should be a win Louisville Same thing I think the last time We lost to Louisville Hills When Lamar Jackson Was the quarterback um, But we usually beat them here as well uh, Playing at Duke on a Friday is a little different uh, Pitt coming here We we, we finally got to beat them at home They've had our number coming here I believe And then at Virginia Tech We got to stop that damn streak We ain't one up there since 98 Sheesh So that's all I got for y'all man Let me know in the comment section what you feel about the schedule um, I think once the spring come I think I'll start trying to pe- periodically uh, do some type of football theme episodes with UVA football. You know, I'm doing NFL, of course, with, with the Super Bowl and, and stuff going on like that and Antonio Brown with the CTE self. Uh, but let me know, man, if y'all guys ever have any ideas or any topics you would like for me to discuss when it comes to UVA football, just email me, uh, theballhawk9 at gmail.com. If you forget what my email is, you can go right to amahawkins.com. Go to the bottom for the contact and just you know, use the the contact box down there and then email me. But uh, that's all I got for y'all, man. We out of here. Make sure you go to stsujuice.com. Get your shut the hell up juice of pearl. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.